You're listening to The Room Block Podcast, a series of conversations with compelling professionals from the world of events and hospitality. I'm your host, Jen Salerno. I've spent the last 20 years in different facets of the industry, working alongside a variety of people that have one common goal, to serve our customers by creating memorable experiences. Now, I want to share with you the passions, inspirations, and challenges of the individuals who make it happen. Welcome to The Room Block and enjoy your stay. This episode is brought to you by JTS Connect, offering host, MC, and moderation services for live or virtual events, as well as podcast hosting and consultation. Please email me at jtsalerno at gmail.com or visit me on LinkedIn to learn more. Greetings, Room Block Podcast listeners. Thanks so much for joining me for the first episode of 2022 in the podcast where hospitality and event professionals meet. I am so excited to be able to say that because I love the start of a new year. It feels like a blank slate to me, full of nothing but possibility. And man, oh man, is that a great word to use for my guest today. For those who've been listening to this podcast for a while, you probably know that I am a huge fan of Judy Haller, who is a keynote speaker formerly from the events and hospitality world, and she was a featured guest on my podcast in February of 2021. It has been really cool to watch Judy and her evolution over the years to go from the world of hospitality, then keynote speaking, then she wrote a book, and she started a podcast, and now she offers master classes and access to her mind and, and her methodologies. So anyway, an unexpected benefit of my love for Judy was being introduced to her right-hand gal through a variety of media, social, of course, but also podcasts and otherwise, and that is Amanda Zayner. I remember about a year ago, I was sitting in my Vibe and Thrive Masterclass that I had signed up for. There was a group of about a hundred of us. And you know, Judy's doing her thing and, and she's great and she's talking, but every so often she would have Amanda pipe in and say a few things. And those of us in the class were like, dang, this woman has some stuff to say. So first of all, she used to work as a corporate event planner. And she had the courage to leave a mega successful career to follow her dreams and to go work with Judy. All right, so then fast forward to mid-2021, and Amanda started joining Judy on her podcast every so often. Her stories were riveting, relatable, and real. And as much as I love being an OG Judy Howler fear boss, I also love hanging out with Amanda in the content world because she's inspiring in her very own way and has a ton to offer. So I was like, you know what? Let's get Amanda on the podcast. So my conversation with Amanda is about possibility, the unknown options we have, the surprising ways we find the courage to explore them, overcoming the hidden demons that exist, some of which are rampant in the events and hotel world, And what happens when we choose to do what serves us and eliminate what doesn't. Amanda is part of a team that has the tools to help you vibrate higher on a daily basis, but you have to put in the work to get there. She has done this. So let's hear her story. 
Amanda Zayner, welcome to the Room Block Podcast. I am so excited to have you here with me today. Thank you, Jen. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. Well, I'm glad. And you know, I kind of feel like I'm talking to a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, let me let me explain. Okay, so listeners of my podcast might know that I am quite a fan of Miss Judy Holler, and I do credit Judy with giving me tools to actually even start this podcast and to get through a lot of what I went through over the past year and a half, like we all have, right? You know, she was right there with her own podcast and her tools to help. But along with Judy's content and and activity was Amanda, Amanda on her team. And Amanda, you have worked with Judy for how long now? Um, a, a little over three years, all wow. told. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And so the reason that I wanted to have Amanda on the podcast today is a few reasons. First of all, I mean, as you know, this is a podcast dedicated to events and hospitality. And you might not know that Amanda is actually formerly a very large part of this industry. So I wanted to have her on to tell kind of her story about her background in the industry and some of the things that went along with that. But also, I just have to credit Amanda with being a really, really strong and authentic voice for many of us. And, you know, whether or not you're in this industry or not, I think we could all use someone who is a model like you are, Amanda, just to kind of help us get through the day to day and to remind us that life really is hard and it's okay to talk about it. So that's why I wanted to have you on. Well, thank you so much. That was such a great introduction. And I'm excited to be here because, you know, the events industry has meant a lot to me and it is the exact and absolute reason that I am sitting across from you, even though we're virtually across from each other on a screen. Um, because it brought me to Judy and it brought me to many of my friendships and really gave me the courage probably to have the voice I have today. Mm, yes, I love that. And I mean, it's true that this industry, it really does give an opportunity to meet so many amazing people and to constantly problem solve and try new things. So, I mean, it, it's almost like a continuous fear experiment every day that you work in the industry, right? <laughs> it is every single day because every day is different in events. All the people rotate, the events rotate, and you know sometimes the problems can stay the same, um, but the landscape is different all the time. New things, new technologies, new ways of doing business. So it's ever evolving just like we are. Ooh, yes, that is so true. Okay, well, so for my audience, could you tell us a bit about your background in the events industry. What did you do? Who did you work for? I mean, I know, <laughs> I know your story, but let's tell let's tell the audience. Sure. Um, I started working at PNG in 1999. Procter and Gamble is a consumer goods company, and I started there taking calls on a 1-800 number um, in English and Spanish. And that job, I'm telling you, is probably the reason I was able to be an events person because I was trained in taking, you know criticism because people call and say really difficult things on phone calls to anonymous people. Now we do that on, you know, social media, but you know, people <laughs> call and complain about products. And I really learned customer service in that job from a world-class company. So I graduated from that job and moved on to others. 
And I was hired as a manager in executive meetings and events. And I stayed there for 15-ish of my 20 plus years at P&G. And I served the CEO, the board of directors, and our C-suite. We all had our own customers, um, but I did events for small groups, big groups, intimate groups, and I really loved it. And it was quite an experience. I traveled all over the world. I was able to be very active in the ILEA board and Cincinnati, the International Live Events Association, which was an amazing experience for me. And I bring that up because without the experience of volunteering on the ILEA board, I wouldn't have had the courage or maybe the interest to leave and do something on my own. Because in corporate, you know, it's a fear-based culture. And so it's, you know, you're almost there, not quite. It's always at some point in the future when you'll be rewarded for the extra work that they've given you. (laughs) Because let's be honest, the only real reward for good work is more work. And when, you know, and I always felt like I had kind of outgrown my boundaries of that job that I had more to offer and that it just wasn't going to be there fast enough for me. And then when I joined ILEA and I built up our community and I didn't do that alone, I certainly did that with other people, but it showed me that I could build something. It showed me that I could lead people, that I could encourage people, that building something was more than results. It was also relationships. And so inside of that, I was like, you know, maybe I could do something. And I heard Judy speak like many people do. I was in the audience of an event and I was like, felt like she was speaking directly to me. Mm. And it was in that moment that I'm like, Ooh, there's something there. And I followed her. And like you, I was, I've been an OG fear boss. And one day she posted for a job for five hours of administrative work a week. And I have this big time job at PG and people in the events business want that job. And they're like, you're going to go be an admin at night, but that wasn't it. That was preparation. That was being open to possibility. That was me being willing to open a door to see what I could do if another opportunity presented itself. And over the course of time, Judy and I like really felt the magic happening and we have a really good rapport and we're very different and we are I'm strong where she, you know, I do lots of operations. She does lots of content and it just kind of worked. And as we built trust, we're like, you know what? We can do this. And one day on a park in New York city, I was like, Judy, I'm quitting my job. (laughs) And that was that. And so um, that's kind of like my resume. And I know that I went on a little bit, but the important thing to note is that my experience that really led me to believe in myself and my abilities did not come from my job. It came from volunteering. And so I'm a huge advocate for people to be on boards, to be involved in industry associations. And while I don't do that at this point in time, I credit that experience to really giving me the confidence I needed to do other things. Man, that is a that's actually been a common theme of this show. It's come up before the importance and the benefits of volunteering on an industry organization. And then maybe it's because another thing we've talked about a lot, you know, just recently is and so, what so many people have gone through is the fact that when you have a job and like that's all you're doing, like you really get stuck in that label of this is my job and this is who I am not just this is what I do. And so then if you actually find yourself doing other things like 
you know, volunteering for an industry organization and you find yourself wearing all these other hats all of a sudden that aren't related to your job. And like in your case, you were building a community and you were figuring out that you can lead and that there was a hunger for that kind of leadership. Then it's it really does open, like you said, opens the doors to possibility. Yeah, <laughs> which I'm, I'm going to have you go into this, <laughs> the significance of that a little bit later. But yeah. um, yes, so very cool. And I'll just say that um, over the past year, I've actually been involved myself in volunteering really for the first time in a significant way. And it's been, you know, I, I have had more time in the past year to do that. But I'm so grateful because it's been an incredible experience, and I've met tons of new people and learned tons of new things. So yeah, it's really hard. It's one of the hardest things you'll do yet. There is something about the spirit of people that are coming together to achieve a goal and they're not getting paid for their investment of time, energy, and idea. And I think that is really what makes volunteerism different than a job because you're there because you're choosing to be there. And so is everyone else. And it might be much more diverse, much more difficult than your day-to-day job, but it is, it's hugely rewarding. And you couldn't have told me that. I got voluntold to like be on board. I was like, no, I'm not interested. And, you know, I'm glad somebody did that for me. Yes. Well, and one last thought about that is a lot of times the companies that we might work for, depending on leadership, there might not be a super strong mission or purpose behind the company. I mean, you're lucky if you work for a company that does have that. But when you're volunteering with an organization, like there is a clear purpose. Right. Yeah, so that's a great point. It's like easy to kind of become invested. And so, I mean, hey, CEOs out there listening. I mean, I've always been inspired when there's an overall purpose to my job um, beyond just what my day to day duties are. So that's probably part of it. Yeah, for sure. I would have to agree. I mentioned that you have a really authentic voice and there's something that you've been talking about yourself a lot lately um, because you've actually been on episodes of Judy's podcast uh, about once a month, is it? You guys do yeah. an episode. Um, you have a series called uh, Gin and Juiced, which talks about basically sobriety and addiction from alcohol and beyond. So right. how can you relate your past experience in the events industry to why you talk about that today and why it's important to talk about that today. You bet. Um, So I am sober. I've been sober for um, over six years and I really didn't talk a lot about that until my five-year mark. And Judy knew, I did tell Judy, I never disclosed it to my other employer ever. Even though I went to treatment while I was there, it was just not something I felt comfortable talking about. And I think that there's a stigma still associated with people that talk about struggling with drugs or alcohol. And it's funny because you see when people struggle with food because they're wearing it, right? So we can quickly judge people because there's other other issues that we can see and we might attribute that to bad habits. But in a lot of times, it's all people dealing with difficult circumstances, whether it's internal or external. So when I made a decision to start talking about my choice to be sober, and I am sober, I'm in recovery, I don't live alcohol-free, um, You know, a lot of people in the industry were like, oh, right, I didn't know, now it makes sense. And one of my favorite things that people say, especially at industry events, well, is that hard? 
Cause I would say, no, I'm not drinking. Is that hard? I don't know. Would that be hard for you? Because that's really what the question is. And so when the pandemic happened, so many people in the events industry that have been overworked and underpaid and really married to their job, I realized that a lot of people were drinking a lot mm-hmm. and they were glamorizing that. And so as I watched that increase and really in the events business overall, it's like, oh, afterwards we deserve a drink. Let's go have a drink. It's wine 30. It's five o'clock somewhere and on and on and on. Right. That's the reward at the end of an event. That's the reward at an end of the night. That's everything a meeting planners convention is made of. Right. We're party people. Yeah. I mean, admittedly lures people to events yeah <laughs> the promise of the reception <laughs> <laughs> right the open Free drinks bar. yes and you see a lot of people that work really really hard and you know i do believe that they're really exhausted and tired and so we turn to things that are probably unhealthy uh, to cope with that to kind of how we would feel balanced out and so truly as i watched among my friends, among colleagues, among peers, that kind of rise in alcohol consumption when the world fell apart, when people were just desperate and scared and confused, like we all were, it was so hard and we were losing everything we had worked for. And I'm like, man, I think maybe I should say something because I don't want it to come off as judgment. What it is is experience. And so I'll be really honest with you. I didn't drink a lot during work events. I partied my ass off at conventions, right? I have many horrifying memories and embarrassing moments of, you know, being drunk at parties and being like, oh, what happened last night? And what did I say? And feeling that shame spiral. But, you know, also I know that I have fun without it. And I wanted people to know that like, my life has gotten a million times better when I let go of my relationship with alcohol and whether you feel addicted to it or you are just like, well, I really enjoy it. I don't want to give it up. The question is, is it serving you? Is a hangover serving you on the two days off you have a week? If you happen to be lucky enough to have weekends off, you know, so it's something I feel really, really passionate about simply because the industry glamorizes it. You know, you work in restaurants, you work in bars, you work in events. Like it just seems to be what people do. And I want people to know that not everybody does it. And it's actually kind of cool to know that there's other people like you that, you know, you can sit and have a conversation with or go have a coffee or meet early in the morning to take a walk because they're on the opposite side of it. And when I say that there's no judgment, look, Many people have fun and drink and have no problem, right? Right. But, you know, in the industry, there is a lot of drinking and partying that goes on and mostly the glorifying of it. I love the fact that you're saying it's not judgment, is experience. And to me, what it is, is you're presenting another option, Like that's been a huge theme for me over the past year is just like understanding that the roads that I've always walked or the life that I've lived this all this time, it's like, wait a minute, I could actually veer off this path. Like it's an option to go another direction and it might actually be better. So that's what you're presenting. The other thought is there's no way you're the only one, right? Because like you are 
in, you know, back when you were working in, in the, your firm position at PNG, you know, you knew how hard you're working and you were pulling it off. You know, yes. you were, you were pulling all of that off. You were keeping kind of a secret, if you of will, course. you Absolutely. know, and, but you were actually doing it. So then you're thinking, if I'm doing this and no one can tell, but I'm like actually still doing really great with my job. Like how many other people are just like me? Yes. I mean, I was a top performer, right? And most people would still to this day be like, she drank, right? Because I did it in most circumstances alone. Or like I started off very small and very slow. And then when I got home, like I really, you know, I really put it down. So it is interesting though, that that's what you pick up because that's really what we're trying to present. And as you mentioned, you know, we have a series called Gin and Juice on the podcast and it really is to show people that there is another way. And the truth is alcohol is a depressant. And the truth is alcohol is a drug. It's just available at every grocery store, every birthday party, every restaurant you go in. If the alternative was like, would you like a line of cocaine? Every time you walk in the gas station, people would be like, oh my gosh, what? No. And, you know, and my feeling is, it's kind of the same thing. It's just legal and acceptable. And that's a social construct problem. That is just the way that our country is and not just ours, but all around the world, right? It's a celebration. You just don't go many places where alcoholism invited. Right. Well, and that's the thing. It's no wonder that alternative options are so elusive to so many people because you're right. It is literally built into the fabric of our society Yes. And, Football and games. Yes. Basketball games. Ugh. Fourth of July. Every celebration, if you think about it, like, what is New Year's Eve really? <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's the champagne toast. <laughs> and yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. I know. So I really just appreciated the fact that, that you were getting on the podcast and talking about it because it it honestly made me stop and think and I've never considered myself to have a problem with alcohol but I was able to stop and look and say well wait a minute like why you know why do I reach for it on just like a random Wednesday like Mm -hmm. to relax but maybe there's other things I could be doing to relax you know so I actually have been experimenting with just you know, being, I call it being way more intentional with my choices. So I, yeah, it's been really positive. It is something that we found, you know, I hear from so many people in the community and we have people in the community that have not drank for hundreds of days. Now they kind of started with the dry January and they've walked with us into now. And it's been amazing to watch what people can do because we think we're operating at this high level And then when we pull away something that really, you know, isn't serving us or we're using as a crutch or we're leaning on maybe a little harder than we should, all of a sudden you're like, wow, I have a different vibe. And, you know, that word is kind of overused and like, we're like, we talk about it in our company all the time. You know, one of Judy's phrases is like, light a candle, catch a vibe, but (laughs) vibration is real. (laughs) I mean, energy is real. You know, when somebody walks into a room when they're having an off day, because their energy is palpable. Mm -hmm. And so when you think about raising your vibration on a daily level, like on a daily basis, I should say, 
and not feeling like you have to clear out cobwebs in the morning and you start that day really fresh. It's kind of amazing. And I would be curious to know, like, have your mornings changed because you haven't relaxed into a glass of wine at night? Yes. Well, it probably because my sleep has changed. It's definitely made my sleep better. Um, You know, just because I don't have that maybe extra sugar before bed. So I'm sleeping better and I wake up and yeah, I mean, there's definitely less of that brain fog that I think just kind of happens. I think my skin looks better (laughs) on the mornings I wake up and there has been no alcohol. Um, So it's, this has been a very interesting experiment. Yeah. I love that. And those are the things that people notice like first is um, your relationship with mornings change and then your skin. I mean, it was what I noticed when Judy stopped drinking, like, right away. I'm like, wow, your skin looks amazing. <laughs> so, know? hey, there's benefits on yeah, all around. Hey, we're all concerned. We're staring at ourselves on Zoom all day, every day. Like, your skin does matter. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. The thing we never thought we'd have to do is stare at ourselves all day. But, all yep, day. might as well like what we see. That's right. I want to give you a chance to talk about the work that you're doing now because while you know you you guys are related you are related to the events industry from the standpoint of you know Judy's a keynote speaker she serves live events and virtual events in that way uh, but there's actually a lot more and I think that the work that you've both been doing and that you've been putting yourself out there more on is something that can benefit really anybody but yeah. specifically those in our industry just because you know, we could all use a little dose of courage and <laughs> yeah. good good vibes. So tell us about what you're doing lately. Yeah. So um, I work with Judy and she is a keynote speaker. So I still feel like I'm in the events business, although I'm on the other side and this side is amazing because it's a lot different. You know, I lean on the planners where I used to be that person. And so, you know, our primary business is still really keynote speaking, but what happened in the pandemic, which was really a gift to us and really a gift to our business was we're like, okay, what are we going to do with this time? What can we accomplish? And one of the things we both were very disciplined about was our planners. And so we built a planner and inside of that planner is tools like I am statements, which kind of set your mindset for the day and a place to stay focused on goals. You know, we're big proponents of setting yearly goals, monthly goals, weekly goals, daily goals. So you can get to where you want to go because life is preparation. Improv, the improv mindset is really what we teach. Um, We lean on that tenant of yes. And um, believing for us that, and anybody can say yes and stay very much exactly where they are. The most important part of yes and is the next thing. And so I've anded many times in my life, getting sober was an and. Leaving my job after you know preparing and saving for two years was an and. Um, and when we built the planner and we really started thinking about, okay, what's next and how do we make this thing work? We came up and Judy really came up with the house of and. And the house of and is an improv fueled lifestyle or mindset. And that's what you mentioned. Like we teach the tools of knowing how to brace for what's next by being prepared now. And so when hard things happen, which they will, you kind of know you have a built-in routine. You are ready to keep going 
through the hard things because you already experiment with your fear. Fear experiments are another big part of our business where you do small little micro, what we call experiments each day so that you can get braver. And this work really does feel like the work that I was meant to do. And, you know, telling my story of not drinking and encouraging other people all the time, like that is a fear experiment. Being on the podcast was a major fear experiment for me and doing gin and juice and being a voice inside of the community. Well, what I do know is that right now we need more than ever the courage to do what is good for us, what is healthy for us. If we've learned nothing over the course of the past 20 months, it's that, you know, we value our families, we value our health, right? Like we value our life. And I really do lay concerned for people in the events business that because it's been dry and things are now picking up that we're going to go right back to that crazy, busy badge of honor that served no one. And, you know, one of the other things that's really important that we'll build in the house of and is boundaries, right? Building boundaries in your life. Boundaries are goals. Goals are boundaries. That's how you accomplish things. And that's boundaries on your time, your energy, your money, your job, your kids. All of those things require you to build some really serious boundaries so that you can live the life that you want. And There is nothing better than watching someone evolve from being really miserable and feeling really stuck to recognizing that they had the power all along. And that's really what we want people to see. That we're not giving you anything but some tools, some ideas, maybe some, some suggestions of habit, but you do the work. And that's the beauty of watching the community. You can see people in our community doing the work and changing. You, Jen, are an example of that. Look at what you've accomplished. And we don't take credit for that. You did that. But when you're around other people trying to do that, there is so much power because that energy transfers. And, you know, it goes to the whole thing. Girl, if, if I can do it, you can do it because I don't have anything special, right? You just do it because it's in front of you. And, you know, I will say this. And I know I've rambled, but like, you know, people think there's some big gosh darn master plan and I've laid out the next, that's BS. We're all doing the best we can. We're taking one small step in the right direction every day, but I do not believe there's five-year strategic plans that can work. That's not the world we live in now. You just have to take action every single day towards the things you want. That is perfectly put. And I'm so glad you brought up the topic of boundaries because honestly we could talk about that forever but it has been a concept that honestly was I was introduced to me I probably through you know you and Judy and just the master class that I took with you both um, earlier this year and it literally changed my mind and my mindset and understanding how boundaries are goals and goals are boundaries and that all works together. And honestly, like I've come to the conclusion that boundaries are, are truly the key to living a happy life because you can, <laughs> you can use them in every single aspect with yourself, with your family, with your friends, with your job. You have to understand what they are and then you have to implement them. And it's not easy, but if you can do that, everything could change. So yeah. I'm very grateful to you both. <laughs> Well, I'm glad it worked. It's one of the things that I love the most is when somebody's like, no, 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 I have to check my email. And I'm like, well, don't you sit in meetings all day and not check your email? 
Like, are you checking your email while you're sitting in meetings? Like, well, no. Well, good. Then give yourself an hour to actually work and not be in your email. And it's just amazing. Those are really small micro experiments that you can do like for 30 minutes, just block your calendar and do the work that you're getting paid to do um, instead of other people's work. That's our first, that's our first work boundary experiment that we generally get people to do. And it works. It, (laughs) It, It really does. So, well, before we sign off, I want to ask you if you would like to issue either a compliment or a complaint, and it can be about anything that you want, just just a chance for you, Amanda, to say whatever you want about whatever's going on in your world or the world in general. So this could be dangerous. No, <laughs> it could be. I'm gonna issue. I'm gonna issue a compliment. Okay. You know, I was. I've spent a little bit of time in a hospital over the past couple of days. And I just have to say for those people that work on the front lines, whether you have worked in a grocery store or whether you have worked in a hospital or a drive-through at a daggone Chick-fil-A that's always packed and you are able to still smile and still be kind and still greet people with empathy and joy and care, God love you. Cause it has been rough out there. And I watch people treat other people so poorly, especially in the service business, because Mm -hmm. there's some, like, there's some weird, um, I don't know what it is where people feel like the, those that serve you are less than you. Yeah. Like entitlement maybe. Gosh. Yeah. Thank you. And when you just see people that in spite of what, you know, has been a really challenging few years, um, it really makes me happy. You know, it's because also that's contagious. And I look at people and I'm like, dang, that's pretty incredible. And what would we have done without you? So hats off to those people that showed up every day on day. Mm-hmm. Here, here. I'm with you. <laughs> it's true. It gives you hope in humanity or renewed hope in humanity when you can see people <laughs> who are still smiling throughout everything that yeah. we and they have been through. So exactly. For sure. Well, so Amanda, tell us where we can find you. Well, you can find me at Amanda Zayner on Instagram and all the things. Also, um, where I probably play the most is the House of And Fam on Facebook. That is our private community. Uh, we do coffee talks there once a week these days, which is really fun. Super and fun. Um, it's just like-minded people. So if you're trying to vibe up, if you're trying to live the life of your dreams, if you want to dust that those dreams off and get busy on living now and uh, combat someday syndrome. Cause someday is here now. This is someday. Come join us. Excellent. Thank you. I am a member and I love, <laughs> and I love hanging out with you guys there. It's super fun. And yes, I mean, Amanda, she's, she's right in there. So if you want access to, to Amanda's incredible brain and, and thoughts and content and, and assistance and experience and examples, then yes, come check it out. Well, thank you so much for being this on the has been show. so fun. Thank Good. you so much for having me. Oh, it is my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for being just being who you are. Um, I'm just, again, so appreciative for the person that you are and how you put yourself out there. And I'm so happy to have met you over the past year. So thank you. Thank you. 